You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. The sermon that we read is uh, from the Reverend Jay DeGelder, Emeritus Minister of the Canadian Reformed Church at Flamborough, Ontario. His uh, scripture reading is from Matthew 11. After Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. He who has ears, let him hear. So what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. Then Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the skies? No, you will go down to the depths. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, 
and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, most of us will be familiar with our text of this afternoon. The words have been read and quoted as very comforting and encouraging in all kinds of miserable situations in life. Perhaps some of you remember that these verses were hanging on the wall in the living room of your parents or grandparents, either in English or even in Dutch. The disadvantage of such familiarity can be that a text like this becomes a pious but superficial motto. And then a motto that often comes with the picture, the idea of a sweet, dear Jesus who with a soft, friendly voice invites you to come to Him with the promise that your life will be worry-free and trouble-free if you do so. Isn't that wonderful and an attractive picture? Indeed. And that's so understandable, for sometimes you can be so tired of your life. At times you can be so caught up in your trouble, your worries, your concerns, the sadness and pain that fill your heart. It can be just too much. And then it's so wonderful and comforting to know that there is a strong helper you can turn to. You know, for many people, this is what Christian faith is all about. It's about a Jesus who offers rest and peace if you're stuck with things you cannot handle yourself. A Jesus who makes you feel better and happier. But is that not true then? Can we not entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ? May we not expect to find rest and peace with him in times of trouble and sorrow? Sure we can. Definitely. But it's good to realize that this is one side of the picture, and this one side is only true for you, if you hold on to the other side of the picture as well. The Son of God came here to demonstrate His Father's hatred for sin and His Father's love for sinners. For this He died on the cross. Then you will see that in our text, Jesus does not call specifically those among who feel weary and burdened when times are tough. No, He calls all of you. Because all of you are weary and burdened, you may not experience that. You may not feel that way but you are all straining under the burden of sin. You are all coping with the consequences of sin and with God's punishment for sin. That's why this world is full of suffering and pain. The miserable feelings of hopelessness you can be struggling with. Then you'll find the real comfort of our text. Christ calls everyone to Him. This shows in the first place His unique power, Second, his deep compassion. And third, his tender care. Once again, Christ calls for everyone to come to him. And this shows in the first place his unique power. 
Congregation, this chapter in Matthew's Gospel emphasizes the unique position of the Lord Jesus. We hear this first of all in the confrontation with John the Baptist. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Then we also notice it in Jesus' forceful forceful reaction to the unbelief his message is running into in the Galilean cities. There is enough interest in his miraculous healings, but they don't really care much for who he is and what he came for. And yet, in him, they meet the amazing presence of God's grace in Israel. And therefore, despite this lack of faith, Jesus goes on to praise and glorify God the Father for his marvelous plan of salvation, hidden from the wise and learned, but revealed to little children, the plan in which he has his unique place as the Son of God. Verse 27 emphasizes the strong and intimate relationship between God the Father and God the Son. In this way, Jesus stresses his almighty power and his divinity as the Son of God, but also the astonishing grace that wherever the Son of God reveals himself, sinful people may share in the privilege of of God's Son. Through him, you may get to know the Almighty God as your Father. Jesus presents himself as the one and only, the unique way to find God. For you and me, there is no way toward God the Father, outside or without his Son, Jesus Christ. In this whole world, he, Jesus, provides the only possibility for people to get to know God, the Father, as he really is. This gives our text a very strong and urgent start, brothers and sisters. Jesus' call is like a loud proclamation, a call with a tremendous power. Come to me. Come to me. This is exclusive. There is no one else. It shows Jesus' divine self-confidence. As the only Son of God, the Father, he makes himself accessible, available, so that through him, God the Father himself becomes accessible and available. For whom? For all of you who are weary and burdened. This shows and underlines again the fact that Jesus is for everyone, the only one. For who are the people Jesus has in mind? Who is he addressing with those who are weary and burdened? A limited group of people who are going through a rough time? Of course, Jesus thinks also of you who are coping with this right now. But, then, which one of us does not need the rest Jesus is promising? No, no. Jesus' message is not just for you if you feel that you need rest, because you are tired of struggling. It's not only for you who feel weary and burdened, and who long to get rid of the sufferings that darken your days. Jesus qualifies the situation of all men as weary and burdened. See, if you look at it from our perspective, only some people need help. Think at that time of the ones who brought, uh, of the ones they brought to Jesus, the blind, the lame, the mute, the possessed, and many others. But from Jesus' perspective, as a son of God who came here to save from sin and all its devastating consequences, all men are weary and burdened toilers. Is without him not everything utterly meaningless in this sinful and broken world? 
think of Ecclesiastes 1. But hold on. Are Jesus' words not comforting and encouraging for those who are sick or suffering or grieving or struggling? Sure they are. Very much so. But always within the broader framework of the fact that sin and misery prevents all men from reaching the goal, the destination of life. You may be healthy and have nothing to worry about. You may work hard and you may even think that you are successful, but you won't make any progress on your way toward God. You need to repent and turn to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Indeed, everybody needs the rest and the peace they don't have because of their sin and which only Jesus can and will give. In Jesus' words, man appears as Christian at the beginning of his journey in John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. He carries a heavy load of his sins on his back and shoulders. It is so heavy that it hinders his moving and walking. That's how Jesus sees us. We scramble and stumble on and on, full of unrest, reaching to what's beyond reaching to what's beyond our reach. But we can't get anywhere. We won't find rest. None of our efforts can take away the cause of our restlessness. That is our sins. Since the fall into sin, our lives are bound for death. We keep struggling with God's curse, with mercy and trouble, with pain and suffering. But there is no progress. What a hopeless and frustrating existence that drags on from day to day. People have tried to work it out and reach their destination with the help of God's law, like many of the Jews Jesus was confronted with. But you can't. In Acts 15.10, Peter refers to this as a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. You'll never be able to find rest and peace on your own. Every religion based on self-redemption will only lead to a tiring and discouraging way of life with no light at the end of the tunnel. No, brothers and sisters, whether you know it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, no one will find rest, peace, or freedom without coming to Jesus Christ, without embracing Him in faith as the only Savior in life, and without giving our burden for Him to carry in our place. For it is only the Son of God who knows the way back to the Father in heaven. Come to me, and I will give you rest, he says. The emphasis is on I. He is fully aware of his unique power. I will do it. I will give you rest. I am the only one who can do it. Others may claim to give you rest and peace, but they don't. Don't listen to them. This promise of rest is a characteristic biblical perspective. In the Old Testament, it came with the promise of the Savior, the Messiah, God's people Israel, enjoyed the Sabbath as a token sign and as a promise of the complete rest which was to come. That was fulfilled first when Joshua brought the Israelites in the promised land. But it became increasingly clear that this was not the final destination in God's plan. The prophet Jeremiah had to say, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Because of this 
stubborn disobedience of his people. The Lord said in Psalm 95, I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. The author of Hebrews refers to this when he explains that the Old Testament words about the rest for God's people are going to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, he says. God's children are looking forward to the day that the promise of the eternal rest will be fulfilled. On that day, you will be completely liberated from God's curse and from your powerlessness under the burden of God's anger. Therefore, it says in Hebrews 4.11, let us make every effort to enter that rest. How are you going to do this? Well, Jesus says in our text, this is what I will give you if you come to me. Does the burden, the heavy load of your sin bother you? Give it to Jesus Christ. In him alone, you have the free access to your Father in heaven. And only there, lasting rest is granted. Only there, your restlessness will disappear and you will be at peace with God and with yourself. Here also, today, Jesus' urgent call, brothers and sisters, Indeed, also today, we live in a world full of people that ask your attention for what they have to offer to improve your life. Some claim to have solutions for all your problems and answers to all your questions. Others will say there is no solution. There are no answers. There is no rest. Suck it up and make the best of it. Life's too short. Have fun. Others will say it really doesn't matter to whom you turn as long as it makes you feel good and comfortable. That's all that counts, right? But here's the loud and clear voice of your Savior. He calls with His unique power. Come to me, all of you. I'm not just one of the many. I am the only one. Listening to Jesus is a matter of life or death, brothers and sisters. A lot of people just walk by and ignore Him. But if you have missed Him, you will miss out on everything. At the same time, congregation, there is in Jesus' words a tone of deep and strong compassion for the weary and burdened in this world. All of you who are weary and burdened may come. Yes, all. Jesus addresses the crowds that follow him without any preference to certain categories, without making any distinction. In the Canons of Dort, we confess, chapter 2, 5, that the promise of the gospel ought to be proclaimed without discrimination to all peoples. And that as many as are called by the gospel are earnestly called, that those who are called should come to him. Chapter 3, 4, number 8. Come to the rest I will give you, Jesus said. His words reflect what it says in 9:36. What? Jesus was filled, how Jesus was filled with compassion for the people who came to him. Helpless, restless, and harassed, like sheep without a shepherd, always insecure and afraid, always searching for safety and peace without being able to find it. To them, Jesus comes in his compassionate love and says, take my yoke upon you. That will help you. Under my yoke, you will be okay. The yoke is the image, the symbol of servitude or submissiveness. Coming to Jesus implies that you get rid of 
any other yoke in your life and accept and take upon yourself Jesus' yoke. It means that you bow before him and that his authority rules your life, that you are willing to accept and follow him as the only one to whom God the Father has given all that you need for your salvation. The yoke of Christ is often seen as the opposite of the yoke of the law. This is true to a certain extent. But we should not hear Jesus' call as if he tells us to get rid of God's law and ignore God's commands. After all, the Father and the Son are one. But the point is, if you follow Jesus Christ as your only Savior, you will get rid of the yoke of your sin. And if you take upon yourself Jesus' yoke, if you love and embrace him in faith, then you will be able to fight against your sin and serving God according to his word and law will be new and different. Yes, the yoke of Christ is the yoke of faith and trust in your Savior. The yoke of thankful obedience. The yoke of holy living by grace alone. Well, Jesus says, this is your way toward rest. Real rest and real peace. Rest and peace with God. And thus rest in peace with what is going on in your life. How do you get there? Learn from me, says Jesus. Listen to me. Hear and look at me. Yes, to me alone and not to others. I am your only reliable teacher. Others are deceivers. Don't trust them. Learn from me what my yoke is all about. Learn from me the real intention of God's plan of salvation. Learn from me what it means to serve me, to follow me, to be holy, and to find hope and rest. How useful is it to learn what Jesus is teaching, by his words, but also by his actions? Well, that's how you will find the only way back to the love of your Father. That's how you will find rest and peace with your Father. That's how you will learn to go the way of grace alone. Indeed, the yoke of Christ is a good yoke. It's what you learn from him, what you learn about his grace and compassion. And the good thing is that accepting what he tells and teaches you, taking upon yourself his yoke, does not make you tired, weary, or burdened. On the contrary, it gives you much rest. Believe me, Jesus says, accept it. Take my word for it without anxiety and uncertainty. Entrust yourself to my guidance, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Come to Jesus and see how careful and friendly, how dedicated to serve, how full of forgiving love and compassion he is for struggling sinners. This is how Jesus comes up to you, brothers and sisters, boys and girls. This is what you may experience when you take up his yoke and get to know him when you see that he gives real rest to people that come to him, recognize the amazing miracle of his love. The eternal Son of God Almighty does not come with rigid arrogance. He does not keep his distance, but he comes in gentleness and humility. He comes near and bends down toward you and me. He reaches out in self-denial and deep humiliation, full of compassion for weary and burdened sinners. Then, if you come to Jesus and submit yourself to him with this perspective, this hope of eternal rest, 
you will be surprised to experience that now already you will find rest for your souls. Powerless sinners we are, spiritual beggars that struggle every day with the consequences of sin, with pain, with sorrow, with anxieties and worries. Your personal life, your marriage, your family life, or your relationships with brothers and sisters in the church. It can be such a misery sometimes. It can be a mess. But here in Jesus' call, the deep compassion, the strong desire to help and to save, come to Him. Trust in Him completely and you will find rest for your soul. You will find peace. You will know that you are God's child. Come and entrust yourself to the love of Him who will never disappoint you. How moving is the depth of His compassion. See how He goes His way to the cross, gentle and humble. How He stands before the Holy God, poor, weary, and burdened in our place, gentle and humble. See how comforting and how encouraging His presence is and how He lifts you up out of your weakness and helplessness. For the bruised reed He will not break and the smoldering wick He will not snuff out. Don't be scared of God's justice anymore. Don't be scared of the power of death anymore. Follow Jesus Christ and take His yoke upon you. That will give you a new, a different perspective. That will put you in a new a different position toward God. Your uncertain striving and searching to find rest and peace will come to an end. Follow Jesus Christ and living in fear and insecurity, anxiously living with the frightening question whether you're going to make it or not, it will be over. It will be over. Under the yoke of Jesus Christ, you'll be happy again. He will take care of what bogs you down. Your pain and suffering, the burden you're coping, might or might not be gone. But don't let them terrify you any longer. Today, Jesus calls you deep compassion to take His yoke upon you, to learn from Him. Come to peace with God in your life and find rest. It's encouraging to know, congregation, that with Jesus you may experience the beginning of rest for your souls. In Him, your peace of mind and the rest in your heart will be reality today already. To take upon you the yoke of Jesus Christ, to commit yourself to serve God with your whole life, that marks the beginning of this rest. For that will help you conquer your fear and anxiety, your uncertainty, the disturbing restlessness in your heart. That will make you share in grace and forgiveness. That will make you experience in your life the joy of God's caring presence. Jesus underlines this at the end of our text when he says, just do it and don't worry that taking up my yoke will would get you again into a dark and hopeless life in which you will be weary and burdened again. No way, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, brothers and sisters, how full of comfort How full of tender and loving care Jesus' assuring words are. Believe me, my yoke is totally different from everything that you would expect a yoke to be. Following Jesus Christ with everything that comes with it, it's not heavy and not complicated, not at all. The commitment to follow Jesus wherever He goes and to serve Him 
with all you have, it is easy to bear. But is that really true? How can Jesus' yoke be so much easier and His burden so much lighter than, let's say, the yoke of God's law? As a matter of fact, is it not just the other way around? If you come to think of it, think of how Jesus applied the law in the other... Think of how Jesus applied this law in the Sermon on the Mount. He does not abolish God's commandments. On the contrary, He shows how sharp, how demanding, and far-reaching God's commands are. The commandments of Christ, the instructions to serve men to be holy, demand drastic dedication, perfection, and a clear and a clean heart. It focuses on all. It focuses on the all-embracing law of love. Jesus spoke about a new command that He was going to give, and Paul speaks about the law of Christ and the need for radical obedience. And so it is indeed true. Following Jesus Christ demands everything from you. But how can Jesus' yoke then be as easy and light as He wants you to believe? Well, brothers and sisters, remember that taking this yoke of Jesus Christ upon you starts with submitting yourself and trusting yourself to the Son of God. He went to the cross for you. In act of obedience, He fulfilled God's law in your place. He comes to you with His reconciliation, with grace and forgiveness. And so He opens your way toward the throne of God's mercy. No, you won't notice that the burden of Jesus' yoke is so light and easy when you look at it and think that you you have to do it all by yourself. And you won't feel it either when you look at yourself and your own capabilities or capacities. You will only see it when you look at Jesus. He took upon Himself the whole burden of God's law and even all our resistance against this holy law. How full of tender care is Jesus when He points at this way, the only way, for everyone to bear the heavy and difficult burden of obedience and punishment for disobedience. The only way to find undeserved rest. Take upon you the yoke of faith. Faith in Him who took our place under God's law. Faith in Him who took our place under the frightening power of death. Let Him be the source of your strength. Then he will find, then you will find it so much easier to carry the burdens of your life. Walk under the yoke of God's mercy and God's amazing grace. And your way through life will look different. Totally different. It's no longer the difficult and uncertain way of the numerous things you have to do to find rest and peace. No, it is a wonderful way of the numerous things you enjoy doing because you have found rest and peace in Jesus Christ. Your Savior makes sure that His yoke is indeed light and easy. Believe Him and trust in Him, brothers and sisters and young people, and you will experience what the Apostle John writes in 1 John 5, 3. His commandments are not burdensome. Jesus' urgent call continues to resound in this world when God's church proclaims the gospel with the power the compassion and the care of Jesus Christ Himself. Come and trust yourself to Him. Let Him lead you. Walk under His yoke and feel how easy His yoke is. Feel how light His burden is. 
Walk with joy under the yoke of His grace. His amazing grace. Keep walking till you will enter the gates of true rest and peace. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.